this week on Thursday morning. No, sorry. Yeah, it was Thursday morning. I woke up at 3 a.m. God put a word on my heart. Couldn't get back to bed and I thought if I'm not going to sleep, I might as well sit up and write this message now because then I don't have to do it later and it's down and it's on my heart and I might as well do it. So I just sat in my bed for about two hours just churning this out. God's just downloading this, this thing that he wants me to speak tonight. Isn't that cool? When God has directed a message for you tonight, you rocked up to a youth group, not by accident. God's got a message for you individually tonight that he wants to speak and I believe that it's something that's going to bring life and life more abundantly is going to overflow in your world onto other people and then other people are going to go, what the heck have you got? I want it. And um, so that's, that's what tonight's all about. That's what the message is going to be like. Are you ready? Yes? Come on. Come on. Are you ready? This is going to be good. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you, Lord, that you have given us, Lord, your spirit that we can listen to and we can hear, Lord, that you can tell us stuff. And um, Lord God, that we can be filled with your spirit and as a result, other people can see a difference in us. And so, Lord God, tonight I pray, Lord, that the words that I speak do not return void, but, Lord, they will be sown like seeds, Lord, into good soil. Lord God, let our hearts be like good soil that just let these words just sink right down and grab and take root in our lives and start to, to bring forth fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Who's ready tonight? Who's ready? Come on. Are you ready? All right. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to turn you up. I want to get you excited because life's good. Life's meant to be good. You know, you know what? There's so much bad publicity out there. There's so much bad news out there. But I'm telling you, this Bible that you've got in your hand is good news. Every day that you wake up, there's good things that God's got for you. There's good things that He wants to download to you and tell you about yourself when you're telling yourself stuff that you don't, you don't, you know understand but necessarily but you just get these thoughts that seem to come into your head that are negative and are pulling you down i believe that if you open up your word every day that god's got something good to put into you and it can take you to places that you never thought you could go it can take you to heights that you never thought you could go and um you know tonight the title of my message if you take notes or whatever you do the title of my message is giving and stealing Ooh, heavy. Stealing's a bit of a heavy word. Put your hand up if you're game enough to say you ever stole something. All right, awesome. Put your hand up if you're game enough to say you ever gave something, you've ever given something. A few more people, that's good. We've got more givers than stealers here, that's excellent. It's good to have in a youth group, hey? That's awesome, hey? I want to talk tonight about giving and stealing and the difference between the two because I believe you can get something, the same thing, two different ways. I can either get it by actually giving it first and it coming back to me or I can steal it and get it that way. The problem with the latter is that someone always loses with stealing. Someone always loses out. And there's like, you know, stores and, and businesses that have to, you know, basically cover like money, but big loads of money because people steal. And it's at their expense. It's at their expense. They're the ones that have to pay for it, for the, these things that go missing. And, uh, and I believe that God has, been, has called us young people to be people who give. And we receive out of actually giving rather than stealing. And you might be thinking, dude, what are you talking about, man? Are you talking about like us going out to Coles and like, man, I'm, we'd really do that crunchy bar and whoop, 
No, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about the things in your life that are missing that you want. Confidence. Things in your life that you want so bad. You know, things like, um, yeah, just confidence or, or uh, you know, the ability to, to get over things really fast, like coping and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and like self-esteem. Did you know you can steal self-esteem? You can actually steal it from someone else. It's called bullying. Huh. That's all bullying is. It's stealing from someone else for yourself and at their expense you feel good about yourself. That's bullying in a nutshell. And it happens all around our schools. It happens everywhere we go. But we are givers. Yeah? We are givers, young people. We don't go to school to steal from other people. We don't go to school to, to get our confidence by pulling someone else's confidence out of them. We actually go to school to give someone confidence so that they get lifted up. And as a result of that, we actually get more confident, funnily enough. Did you know you actually receive by giving? You actually get by giving. And that's, that's such an amazing thing. If you're lacking something today, if you lack confidence, you need to give some confidence to someone else. If you're lacking in, in like self-esteem, you need to build someone else up. Not trying to find it in other people because if you do that, you actually find that it isn't fulfilling. People who bully all the time, they're actually not all that fulfilled. They're just insecure people. And that's like a crazy thing to get your head around. Sometimes they can come across as the biggest, the loudest, the, the most confident, but at the same time, they're like the smallest, the most insecure person because you know, their fruit is just showing this. What comes out of their mouth actually just shows something about who they are. And um, tonight, I want to encourage you because I'm going to talk about encouragement. Some of you guys need to understand that encouragement is where it's at for a young person of ignition. Encouragement is where it's at for a young person who follows Jesus Christ. Yeah? It says, I've just written here, everyone loves the gift that they get. Everyone loves getting a gift. Who loves getting gifts, yeah? I remember one Christmas day, I was like, I'd been begging my parents for like the last few months for this gift. And I was like, man, I'm going to get it on Christmas Day. And, and, and about a week or two before Christmas, I was kind of hinting to my mum. I was like, hey, mum, you know, but you know, when I get my gift, you know, I'm going I'm to be able to play with that, hey? And she's like, oh, look, Josh, I've really got to be honest with you. I, I don't think we're going to be able to pay for it. I don't think we're going to be able to get that gift. And I'm like, oh. And I'm trying to be, like, cool about it. I'm, like, 13. And I'm trying to be, like, Oh, that's all right, Mum. But in the inside, I'm dying. I want this thing so much. I want it. And I'm like, Santa, Santa, mate, you've got to help me out. I'm 13. I don't believe in you. But Santa, I'm writing letters to Santa, man. I'm, I'm sending this letter out to the North Pole hoping that Santa might get this thing and that this gift might pop up on Christmas Day. You know, I'm, I'm getting to the end of my rope. I want this thing so bad, this gift. And, and Santa is all I could think of. I'm like... Maybe Santa will get it for me. I don't really believe in Santa at that point, but you'll believe in anything at that stage, won't you? And so I'm like, come on, man. And then on Christmas Day, I open up all my presents and I'm, and I'm like, got to my last one and I said to my mom, I'm like, is this, is this everything? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I'm, I'm sitting in this, like, if you've been to a vine Christmas, you know what it's like. You're sitting on this pile of stuff. You know, you're, you're sitting on Mount Everest of, of Christmas presents. And I could just remember myself trying to be this, this person who was like, 
you know, been all cool about it and sort of like, you know, oh, thanks so much for what you've given me. And but I just, I just really wanted that gift, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna suck it up, just suck it up, Josh, suck it up. And then my mum, about five minutes later, she'd held, left me hanging. She goes, oh, sorry, I, I forgot. There's one more gift. I've, I've just left it behind the, the lounge. I forgot about it. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm freaking out, man. This is it. This is the gift. This is what I wanted. And I, I look at it and I go, I know what that is. Who knows when they open presents what that is? You know, like they, they've already stuffed it out the day before or the night before and they're like, I know what that is, man. I'm so excited. Can I have it right now? And, and you're like just buzzing. And I, I look at this box and I'm like, I know exactly what that is, man. And I rip it apart and there it is, the Nintendo 64. The Nintendo 64 with... Mario Kart 64 and GoldenEye 007. I was ecstatic. I mean, all the other presents, I was pretty happy. I was pretty happy about. But this is what I wanted. I love, you know, getting gifts. I love giving gifts, though. Giving gifts, you know, it, it's turned around for me now. Like Christmas is, is is fun, getting gifts and stuff. But I actually enjoy and just love waiting to give that gift to someone. Because I know the, the thing that it's going to do for them, it's going to you know, lift them up, it's going to be like, I've thought about this, and it's going to be something that they really enjoy and they really love it. But no one loves things getting stolen from them, hey? Man, I hate stuff getting stolen from them. I remember going to uni one day, and I parked my car just in the car park down the back because I was cheapskate, didn't want to pay for parking. And uh, so I parked it right down the back, which is, you know, there was thousands of cars down there, lots of cheapskates. We would meet, like, at lunchtime and just talk about our cheapskate stuff and how we could get away with, like, not spending much money, you know. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, man, I just eat pasta, eh? That's it. Nothing else. Any sauce on it? Nah, man, that just costs money. Dude, no sauce, just pasta. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, but you can get a half thing of pasta. And they're like, what is this half thing of pasta? And you only have to pay half the amount of money? They're like, yeah, man, this is awesome. And so... I remember going to uni, I'd, gone to my, I'd done my lecture and I come back to my car and I, I, I look and I go, where's my car? I, I, I do the old, dude, where's my car? But there was no other dude there, so it was a bit weird. But, you know, I was like, dude, where's my car? And I look around and I'm like, did I park here? Yeah, I'll park here. And I, you know when you kind of, you walk around Charlestown Square Shopping Centre, you've lost your car, you don't know what's going on, and you're like, is this where I parked? Some of you probably don't know that because you don't drive, but... You know, your parents probably do that, wander around the car park going, do I park here? Where's my car? And, uh, and, and so I did a double take. Well, I actually walked away and went, no, nah, that's where I parked. And came back and I did the whole, like, double take thing. I actually closed my eyes and went, and nothing changed, man. That car was gone. Some dude had taken it for a joyride and, and I'd lost my car. He had it for no apparent reason, really, and, and I lost something that was so dear to me. I couldn't even get home. I'm stuck in the middle of Newcastle with nothing because some dude decided that he was going to take my car for a joyride. And a week later, the cops ring. At, oh, police. Respect. The police ring at 2 a.m. My mum comes into my room and wakes me up. Josh, we found your car. It's up at Raymond Terrace. I thought, That's, that'd be right. Thinking Raymond Terrace, that'd be right. If the car's going to get stolen, go look at Raymond Terrace, all right? If you ever lose your car, look in Raymond Terrace, that'll be. Nah, just kidding. Either that or, um, or, um, Jules. 
Um, and <laughs> just kidding. And, and I, I thought, oh man, I don't want to go and get my car now. It's 2 a.m. I'm tired. And the, the police said, if you don't get your car tonight, dude, it is going to burn. Someone is going to set a light that thing because it's in a bad way. And I'm like, all right, I, I probably should go get it. So we took an hour drive from Caves Beach up to Raymond Terrace to get this car that had been stolen from me. I got there. The windscreen's been smashed. Some dude's chucked a golf ball through the side window. My CD player's gone. Everything's been taken out of the car. I had an old pair of socks on the back seat that I'd worn the day before. I mean, these things would have walked themselves into the washing machine. And he stole them. What dude steals you socks? What, what for? What would you do that? I could have scratched my head. I'm thinking, out of all the things in my car that got stolen, that's the one that I was like, head scratcher. I mean, CD player, I understand. CDs, sure. Steal some Hillsong. Why not? You know, whatever else was in there. But you socks, man. It was unbelievable. I paid $400 to get that car refixed, sorted out cost me because someone stole. And I was like, this, this whole thought of us getting our, our identity from other people and stealing our identity rather than getting it from God just came to me. I thought, you know what? If we're going to be the people of God, then that means our identity has to be found in Him because we can actually steal our identity. We can actually steal for our identity. We can actually steal for our confidence. We can steal for our self-esteem. We can steal from other people and try and you know, use harsh words. But tonight I want to talk about encouragement because I believe that we were designed to give. And I can prove it to you. Genesis 2.15 is where, you know, I, I've read this story so many times and I've gone, you know, just idly by this, this, this verse and I thought, oh yeah, it's all good. And then I read it the other night, Thursday night, at 3 a.m. and it just, for some reason, things change at 3 a.m. I read this verse and I was like, I've never seen that before. And it's, it's talking about how Adam was designed and he was created earlier on and then God puts him in the Garden of Eden and he places him there for a specific purpose. And I didn't realise this, but did you know that, in fact, the Garden of Eden is what God originally intended and actually what we see today is what God originally intended just without the sin part. So we're still on this, on this earth for the same purpose that Adam was on this earth. And I want to read this verse. It says, Adam was put in the garden. This is Genesis 2.15. Adam was put in the garden to tend and keep it. Two things that he was put there for, the purpose of him being there, to tend and to keep it. These two words, I want to tell you what they mean. The word tend, get this, in the Hebrew or in the Greek or whatever funny language it's written in, means to serve. Adam's original purpose that God designed him to be here on this, on this earth for in the Garden of Eden was to one tend, to serve. You know, someone who's like tending something, they're serving for something or, you know, I'm, I'm just going, I'm just going to tend for that, attending that lady over there. You know, you're serving them. You're helping. You know, in customer service, I'm just going to go, I'm just tending over here, tending this lady. And, and so, the word tend means to serve. Get this, the word keep means to protect and help it flourish. Wow. So, what that, what's that mean for us? That means that our job here on this earth, our purpose that God originally intended for us was to one, serve, secondly, to help this world flourish and to, to, uh, 
to protect it. And I can tell you now that the way that we do that is through one word. And, um, you know, tonight you might be thinking, oh man, I'm second, Josh is going to want me to give, you know, give us something, it's going to cost me. And, uh, you know, that, that, there is truth to that. But tonight there's something that you can give someone that costs you nothing in regards to your physical, what you've got. It doesn't cost you money. All it costs you is just a, a laying down of pride and it just costs you some humility and that's it. And it's called this, encouragement. You see, you were put on this earth to give and the way that you do that is out of your mouth and through the things that you say to people around you. The word encouragement means to give courage. Look at that. To give courage. There are people at your school, girls, who wake up in the morning and are so fearful about how they look and will stand in front of a mirror for an hour getting themselves to the point where they feel confident to step out that door and into their school. And they're lacking in courage. And God is calling you girls tonight to be those who give courage to that girl. To be those who give something to someone by simply saying, you know what? You would look good without that makeup. Or, you look awesome today. I really like your hair. That dress is wicked. I love that dress. You know, and, and, and it's so simple, yet it's so uplifting. And it's so God. That's what I love about it. It's so God and it's so easy. It's like the simplest thing that you can do, laying down a bit of your pride and go, you know what? I'm not here for myself. I'm not here to steal from others' identity. I'm not here to grab from other people. I'm here to serve. I'm here to give. I'm here to give something to someone who needs it today. Whether it be at school or whatever. Boys, same deal. You can say to a guy at your school, dude, you'd look so much better without that makeup, man. Give some encouragement. You look fine without that thing. You don't need that. Uh, are, are, we, are we getting what I'm trying to say here? You see, your identity comes from God. You don't need to be discouraging people. And I, I want to challenge you tonight to do something. Where, you know, you can choose to do this or not, and, and it's for your good, and that's why we're gonna. That's why I'm gonna put it out there, but. I'm going to leave you with a challenge tonight that I believe is something that I, I've really just become myself uh, just, just because I've decided that I, I truly believe in this God that I'm following and I want to do everything that I can to, to show Him but to show myself, to show others that I'm for real, I'm legit about this thing called following Jesus. And I'm going to leave you with a challenge in a minute. I'm just going to close with this. You might be asking, well, why is this important? Why is it important that if I, you know, when I go to school, wherever I'm at, that you know, I encourage people? Why is encouragement so important? And um, you know, the Bible actually says in Galatians 6, verse 7, I'm just going to go to it, it might take me a second. says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh 
he will will of the flesh reap corruption. You see, those who are stealing from other people their identity and using it for their own gain are actually stealing a corrupted version of what God was wanting to download to them in in the first place. And so I want to encourage you to encourage others. The things that you've been given have been given to you, the confidence that you have, the courage that you have, the hope that you have, the love that you have, that you've got from God. It's not just for you. In fact, Christian life gets boring when you keep it all for yourself. When you stop thinking about giving and you come to a place like this and it's like, I wonder who's worship leading tonight. I wonder how it's going to make me feel. And uh, I hope they really give me a word because, you know, like I really need a word. You stop giving. You stop coming to this place to encourage others. And at that point, you're going to start just focusing on you and forgetting about the people around you. And Christian life just becomes a game. It becomes boring. It becomes uh, frustrating and schizophrenic. It's like up and down, up and down, depending on how, what you feel. Whereas God's saying, get your identity from me and let it overflow to other people. You see, I believe, Nathan, that you are an awesome, awesome young man. And I believe that there is a confidence coming to you. That there is an ability to know that it doesn't matter what people think, it matters what God thinks. And that's what I want to encourage you with tonight. I want, to, I want you to leave tonight feeling lifted up. And you're a champion, little dude. Dan, it's Dan, isn't it? Is it Dan? Yeah. Dan, you are a champion. There's some, you know, there's some young people down the track for you that you're going to influence for God. God's got your world in his hands and he loves you. Hmm. You see, that's not hard. It's real simple. It's real easy. It's something that everyone in this place can do if you choose to. And, um, you know, the other part of this verse, and I'm going to finish here, it says, So let us not grow weary in doing good. Let's, you know what makes us grow weary? Selfishness. Selfishness is the poison that makes us weary about helping other people. Let's not go weary and actually continue to see that giving is actually how we get as well. It says, don't grow weary while doing good, for in due season we'll reap. If we do not lose heart, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do all, let us do good to all. Here's my challenge to you tonight as you leave this place. My challenge to you is to take up for the next five days of school, the positivity, encouragement, whatever you want to call it, all good things, challenge. And that that is going to be something that I believe needs to become a part of who we are. We've got to make a start somewhere. And so for the next five days at school, the challenge to you on a Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, is to disallow negative comments to come out of your mouth and into the atmosphere 
to another person. The challenge to you is to then replace that negativity with positivity and to bring an atmosphere of the Spirit of God into everywhere that you go through an encouraging word to someone. Whether you make that challenge that you're just going to do that to everyone that you see and I'm not saying that you've got to go up to every single person in your class. What I want you to do is I want you to actually counteract the works of the enemy that someone, when someone says something about themselves, you go, no man, that's not you. You're this. And you hit it back with some encouragement. I'm not saying, I don't, I don't want you to feel like you have to go up to every single kid in your class and like be crazy and weird. That's not what I want. What I want you to do is just see the opportunities. It says, it says in here, and let us not grow weary in doing good. Therefore, as we have opportunity, there are opportunities in your day to lift someone else up. Find them and do it. Lay down your pride. Lay down, you know, yourself and, and, and be able to see other people as first and yourself as second. Is that cool or not? Yeah, it, it's, it's a simple challenge. You might decide, hey, I'm going to encourage five people this week. One a day. Some of you might go, I'm going to do two a day. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to encourage any time that I feel like God's telling me to. I don't really mind, but I think we need to make a start with some of this stuff and start to, to be the people that God's called us to be. He's called us to be givers. He's purposed us to be givers. And when we stop giving, our purpose doesn't work and all of a sudden life, it's boring. We're just, we're just like everyone else trying to get. And we're stealing from each other and people are getting damaged and left in our wake so that we can, you know, but we're getting a corrupt version anyway of what God wanted to, to give us. You have hope, young people. You have courage. You have God. You have love. You have peace. You've got the power of Jesus living inside of you. Let it overflow out of your mouth as you encourage this week. Amen? I believe it's good. I'm going to do it myself. I'm taking up the challenge. You know, there's still times where I'll speak negative about someone or I'll speak, you know, whatever. I've just got to disallow that stuff from coming out of my mouth. It's not good for me. It's not good for them. It's not good for anyone. It doesn't build the kingdom. It doesn't give glory to God. So I'm going to cut it off. Those dead branches are going in my life. I've decided that, that there's not going to be anything that's going to hold me back from doing what God's purpose for me to do on this earth, and that's been to give. But every dead branch is going to be burnt off and cut off because I'm going to decide that I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to put people first and myself second. I'm not going to just allow the enemy and decide with the enemy. By the things that I say and the negativity that I bring into someone else's world, you're siding with the enemy, young people, when you do that. You're helping him out and he's got plenty of helpers. He doesn't need you. God needs you to come in to someone else's world and to go, no, that is not you. You are awesome. You are great. I can see potential in your life. I need you to just see what I see. That's what it's about, young people. You'll make a difference in someone's world. By simply doing that, I want to finish with this. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have no idea you know, about this Jesus and what, what, what we're talking about and who he is, can I tell you that he is the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. Without him, I don't know where I'd be. I would be, I could be anywhere. Seriously, I was, 
you know, I could have headed down any road. But I stuck it out with Jesus and I've found that He is the way, the truth and the life. And my life is great, not because I do anything great. My life's not great because I earn a lot of money or, or not a lot of money. It doesn't really matter. My life's not great because I own a WRX or I own a house or I've got a spa or, or things. Things don't matter. Let it all burn. I don't care. What I have inside of me, Jesus Christ living on the inside is everything that I need. It's everything that I need. All that stuff will burn away anyway. Doesn't matter. Amen.